It's the Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by ANZ Home Loans for financial well-beings. And welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Breakfast, available on iHeartRadio every morning and also on Spotify and Apple and wherever you get your podcasts from. It is a Wednesday, the middle of the working week didn't take long to roll around. It is the 7th of December for 2022 and no doubt, no doubt last night around the dining room table it was being kept pretty busy with the household finances being worked out with the latest rise of course with the 25 basis points from the Reserve Bank. It's the third in a row and remember that inflation cooled to 6.9% in October from 7.3% in September but it is still above the RBA's target range of 2 to 3%. So as I mentioned yesterday we will now wait and see what the Christmas spend is going to do to the economy as it's going to dictate, no doubt about that, what happens in the first quarter of 2023. Well, coming up in just a moment, we're going to change tack and we're talking with Clint about sustainable energy homes and efficient living. And it's going to be a bit of an eye-opener for you and I for finding out about one developer and what he is doing with a subdivision's surrounding land. So that is all coming up. If you're celebrating your birthday today for December the 7th, happy birthday and you're sharing your birthday with Tom Waits, the rocker turning 72. Larry Bird, the man that proved that white men can jump, he's turning 65 today and Alan Burstyn, the actress, she is turning 89. Also from the history books, I see that on this day, the Japanese Navy attacked the US naval base at Pearl Harbor and that happened on this day back in 1941. In fact, if you get the chance when you are in Hawaii, make sure that you visit the memorial there where they've built this platform over the USS Arizona that was sunk and that, I can tell you, is a very, very moving experience. We are just as addicted to property as you are. Every weekday morning from 6.30. It's the main centre forecast with PRD, selling smarter every day. All right, let's head around the country and have a look at your weather on this Wednesday morning. Partly cloudy skies and conditions, but it should be mainly dry in Sydney today. 29 is your forecast high. In Melbourne, expecting an afternoon shower or two with 21 degrees. Brisbane, blue skies with sunshine and 32. And in Perth, a sun morning with a possible storm. That's a funny combination, but that's what the forecast says. I'm just the messenger and expecting a high of 32 degrees. It's your weekday real estate breakfast with news, interviews and predictions every morning on the Real Estate Podcast. Well, here's a question for you this morning. Is there such a thing as Australia's most sustainable housing estate? And if that exists, where does it exist and what is it? Well, it turns out that it does exist. It even has beachfront, waterfront properties. So let's welcome into the podcast this morning, Clint here. He is the general manager from The Cape. And a very good morning to you, Clint. Welcome to the Real Estate Breakfast. 
G'day, Craig. Great to be here. Wow, this sounds a pretty interesting subject to talk about this morning. So perhaps firstly, where's the location? Let's get that nutted out. Okay, okay. so the Cape is located on Cape Patterson, which is a beautiful part of Victoria, right on the coast, about two hours southeast of Melbourne, not too far from Wonthaggy or Inverloch, if you know those two spots. All right, so that sort of puts us on the map. And I presume that when talking about Australia's most sustainable housing estate, that has something to do with the National House Energy Rating Scheme. And if it does, tell us a little bit about all of that, how that works and how that relates to the subdivision, the CAPE. Yeah, you're dead right, Craig. It uh, has a lot to do with the Nathas energy rating, but we take a more holistic approach to sustainability as well. So you might be aware that across uh, the country, homes are required to meet uh, a star rating of six stars, and that's increasing to seven stars next year. And that's a, a quite a recent change. For since the beginning of our development, almost 10 years ago, we mandated a minimum of seven and a half stars, and we're actually averaging over eight stars. And so the star rating is really an indication of how much energy it should take to heat and cool your home, uh, to make it comfortable to live in all throughout the year. You're not going to need to run the AC very much in summer um, to be at a really comfortable temperature. But in addition to that, of course, we have no gas. And all homes are fitted out with efficient all-electric appliances. They have a minimum of two and a half kilowatts of solar, although we're averaging over eight, uh, sorry, over five kilowatts of solar. Our residents save a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a great story because you are Australia's most sustainable housing estate. I mean, number one, it's always good to be number one, especially when it comes to energy. Yeah, look, it is great to have that mantle and you know, we take it quite seriously. So we've been looking at ways to improve the way the estate performs, and the way the homes perform throughout the stages so that each home can homeowner can walk out the front or the back of their property onto our beautiful network of cycling paths, past our wetlands and our habitat areas, straight onto the beach if they like, or past big community farm, there's a big off-leash dog park, sports precinct, you know, the list sort of goes on. Well, let's have a look at the development of land because some developers are being quite creative in this space and one such piece of creativity there with what you've developed is a residence farm that is going to produce, I understand, an estimated $150,000 worth of fruit, herbs and vegetables each year. I mean, that is brilliant. Tell us about that. Yeah, the, the farm's a pretty incredible place. It's a beautiful hub for the residents and the people who live nearby our estate as well. We wanted to include a farm because we see urban agriculture as a really important part of a community. So we're trying to bring some of that food production into the urban area, more than an acre in size. It reduces food miles and down to food meters. So people don't have to uh, drive to a supermarket to buy fruit that might have been grown in Queensland or, or veggies you know, in New South Wales or overseas, but it's grown locally. It's grown organically. There's also a, a good bit of research that shows that infrastructure and amenity like community gardens or in our case of community farm has a really positive effect on property values. Now, this is not a requirement, right? Like, it's not being imposed that this is what you've got to do for the subdivision, presumably. So how did you actually come up with the idea to create this, this farm for fruit, herbs and vegetables? 
Yeah, it was part of the the sort of holistic approach that we wanted to take to building a truly sustainable estate. So we're trying to reduce the emissions in the building fabric. We're trying to reduce the carbon emissions attributable to operation. So that kind of reducing energy bills, uh, not using gas, those types of things, encouraging and making it easy for people to get around on bikes or walking to wherever they want to get to. Food is one big part of that. It's Mm. a big part of our carbon footprint, but a big part of our life. The best way to do that we saw was to bring the food production uh, local and they could hold events, um, community events or, you know, bigger events. Yeah, it's it's, uh, definitely worth a visit. Yes, I just don't understand if you've got a big enough space in terms of land mass, I don't understand why councils don't make this sort of thing mandatory. It should be. I mean, you know, we're heading into 2023. Come on, fruit and vegetables. I mean, it's just always such a expensive part of the groceries. And if you can work the land, then even better. Now, another thing that I wanted to ask you about is the sustainability in terms of electric vehicles. I mean, we know that they're out there. The final homes might even incorporate 3D printed parts. What does that mean? But with 3D printing, we're seeing the the rise of construction costs and we're thinking about how we can take a step towards reducing the costs, speeding up the time of construction, and also uh, include things, you know, recycled product and potentially even biomass in the building fabric. And so the the good thing about including recycled product might be crushed up concrete that's um, perfectly good, inert, and we can print that out and build it into a wall, external or internal. And then you can print beautiful architectural walls and other features inside of the house, and you can print them really quickly. And in terms of EVs, we've seen a huge uptake of electric vehicles at the Cape, which is not surprising to us. We're over 26% of Cape residents have an EV now, and that compares pretty favourably to the rest of Australia, which is still less than 1% of all cars on the road. Our homes are designed such that they're really efficient, so they don't require much power to heat and cool and run, and they've also got large solar systems on the roof. So what do you do with that excess power? You can feed it back into the grid and the electricity company will pay you each month, and that's what a lot of our residents have been doing for a lot of years now. They're, they're having zero energy bills or negative energy bills. But some residents now say, well, I'll charge my car. I'll charge my car while the sun shines during the day and they can have not paid any money for it if they recharge fully from the rooftop or if they want to recharge over the night and take from the grid, they sell a cheap recharge compared to the petrol prices at the moment. Well, that sounds interesting, Clint. And uh, by the way, if you're interested listening along, wanting to know what the prices for the land is, 530000 it starts at, and it goes right up to $1.2 million for the larger waterfront allotments, which includes unicorn properties. Hey, Clint, thanks for jumping on this morning. All the best. Have a great day. And thanks for coming on to the Real Estate Podcast. Thank you, Craig. Have a good one. We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia. The Real Estate Podcast.